We get this incredible quarterback matchup in the AFC Championship game. Hey, welcome to the show, Maggie Gray, Andrew Perloff. So glad to have you on CBS Sports Radio. And to me, because the quarterbacks in the AFC Championship game, Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, it feels like the Super Bowl to me. It feels like the Super Bowl is happening in the AFC Championship game. And that's not meant to disrespect the 49ers who have been a winning organization and who have an incredible team. The Lions are clearly the best story of the Mm -hmm. postseason because of the drought they've been in when it comes to never winning a Super Bowl. But because of the heavyweight back and forth between Lamar and Mahomes, this feels like how we used to talk about Brady and Peyton Manning. You know, how we used to, even years later, talk about that all-time great rivalry. It's Mahomes against all the challengers in the AFC. Mm -hmm. Feels like the Super Bowl. Why do you think there's going to be a back and forth with Lamar and Patrick Mahomes? We've never seen it. I, I, that just doesn't feel like that kind of game to me. Uh, you really think two minutes left, uh, Lamar is going to go on a final drive versus Patrick's final drive. I'd be surprised if the game plays out that way. Maybe I'm being naive. I just don't I don't remember a, a game like that. With, that's not a typical Lamar Jackson game script. You know how Baltimore beats teams? They get a 14-point lead, and then maybe they let the other team do a backdoor cover. Like <laughs> it, just, yeah. it, it doesn't feel like a mano-a-mano battle. Well, I think... We've never really seen a season like this from Lamar. I mean, this is a 3,500-yard passing season. This is more – there's been more of a commitment to the pass. Now, granted, from where they were starting from was a little bit different, but there's obviously more weapons that they have at their disposal on offense. I think they don't want to – you know, this isn't all of a sudden going to become this crazy aerial attack, but that part of the game – for Lamar and for the Ravens. That's why they made the whole change at offensive coordinator to begin with. And they've been blowing teams out this season. Yeah, I, I don't think that – I don't see a radical difference. I mean, Lamar is – he does not want to throw the ball 40 times. That's just – Well, it's, it's not going to be like that, but yeah, yeah, it, I, it's it's not him running, you know, 25 times He's coming off a game where he just ran for 100 yards and threw for 150 yards. And that's the formula, right? The balance? Yeah. No, I'm just saying, like, that is hardly Patrick Mahomes. That's almost – and uh, in the last half of the season, Lamar has gone back to running a lot. He's, he, I think he saved his body. And now he just basically – he keeps every play alive. I think he's going to sell out on the run here. I, I, I'd be surprised if he didn't have a big running game. I mean, right? I mean, this is – everything's on the line here. He's going to do anything. I think Mahomes will run the ball a lot, too. I do not see Lamar Jackson throwing it all over the place. Maybe maybe I'm being naive here. I think that he controls the game on the ground. The It's funny. We're going to make our picks in a little bit, but the rushing prop for Lamar Jackson is like 57 yards. Uh, it's up to, I think it's higher now. Is it uh, only I saw 50? that yesterday because yeah. I thought I was going to maybe do that as one of my props. I'm like, this can't be. And I thought that was a little bit light. Meanwhile, I know the props have been moving all over the place, yeah. but that was part of it. I, I don't know how you look at this game, and even if you think that it's going to be Lamar using his legs, hell, Josh Allen uses legs. It was still about these two quarterbacks, and that's why, to me, it's not just yeah. about how it's physically going to look. You're talking about a game where you have two MVPs who are facing each other in a conference championship game where they've won their MVPs under the age of 30. That's never happened before. You have your fifth conference championship game featuring two former MVPs. You have defenses that are incredible in this game. Number one scoring defense for Baltimore. They were number one in sacks. Kansas City, number two scoring defense. Number two in sacks. You have this sort of very even sort of feel to the defenses, even if you think maybe the Ravens have the edge. And then you have the history on the line aspect of it. Now, granted, 
Detroit has tons of history on the line. They could go to the Super Bowl and, and win the Super Bowl for the first time in the Super Bowl era. But don't we feel like the feel-good story of Detroit, it's already happening. You know, mm. making it to the conference championship game is an incredible feat for the Lions. With, like, yes, they have a lot on the line, but they've also accomplished a lot and have the playing with house money, so to speak. Where And the 49ers are incredible. They're consistently in the NFC Championship game. The history that Mahomes is dealing with now, I think it, we're getting into, we're starting to creep into rarefied air here. And that, to me, is another reason why this feels like a Super Bowl in the AFC. I hear you. Can we talk about that Chiefs defense for a second and sure. all those guarding numbers? I mean, come on. What? They, they're in the same division with the Raiders and the Broncos and the Eastern Stick-led Chargers. I mean... I, I think those numbers are inflated. Baltimore's defense shut down the best teams around the league. Yeah. Kansas City had a lot of backup quarterbacks. They had a game against New England. Oh, so you uh, think there's a big gap between I, one and two here? I, I think that Kansas City's numbers are inflated because they didn't see any quarterbacks. And the fact that also their offense wasn't doing anything all year. I think in normal circumstances, they're, they're moved the ball much faster on offense. I think that everything uh, fell perfectly for their defense this year. I don't think they're elite like Baltimore's defense. I think Baltimore's defense is elite in another way. Maybe, hey, let's, I understand Patrick Mahomes, but you saw that Texans game. That is a defense that is swarming to the ball. That is a pass rush that will not be slowed down. And their cornerbacks, even without Marlon Humphrey, they blanket guys. I, I feel like the, they're two different classes. I understand your numbers. You just point that out. Yeah. But I think Baltimore has just looked, I'm just using the eye test here, way more ferocious than the Chiefs this year. I, I think the, all those blowouts over the Niners, over the Lions, um, what they did in the, the wildcard round, feels like the Chiefs are uh, just a different caliber so far. If it wasn't Mahomes, I would say Ravens by 20. Let's hear from Lamar Jackson, shall we? Lamar saying they can't shy away right from now. the challenge you know, those guys of are, facing um, the Chiefs. The former, former Super Bowl champions. And to be a champion, you got to go through a champion, you know? So that, that's pretty much the mindset. That is from Lamar. Let's hear from John Harbaugh. Says the Chiefs, with their six straight AFC championships, they can lean on that experience. They've been in this situation, you know, many times. And, uh, uh, they played in this game, so th- I think they're a very experienced team. You know, they're a hardened team. They've been through a lot, and, uh, and, and uh, I'm sure that's a, that experience always is helpful. And John Harbaugh, more from him saying he's playing against a mentor in Andy Reid. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's pretty cool. You know, I mean, I, I look back to those years, and you think about all the, all the great coaches that were on that staff, the, the staff that Andy assembled and, and mentored, as you said, and taught us all so much. We were a close group of guys, you know, kind of a staff that, Loved each other. You know, I see a lot of that on this staff, too, you know. And There you go. So a lot of connections, a lot on the line in this game. Not saying that San Francisco and the Lions don't. They definitely do. But there's something about this because the MVPs and the quarterbacks are playing this game. We really define the history of the NFL, for better or for worse. A lot of it is defined through quarterback play and coaches. Yeah, I, I just think that there's going to be a lot of lore. If the Niners get there, then there's going to be a lot of lore with the Chiefs or the Ravens versus the Niners. There's obviously history. And if the Lions get there, that is just such a massive story. That'll be just huge. The ultimate underdog. So I think the Super Bowl is going to feel more like the Super Bowl than this game. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. I'm saying I think the AFC Championship game feels like the de facto Super Bowl. Not because the game's going to be bad, but you know I think we talk, again, I'll go back to the Brady era. 
we talk more about Brady versus Manning, maybe Brady versus Roethlisberger and Brady versus Ray Lewis, if you will, you know, with the Baltimore more than we talk about, I guess Brady versus Eli Manning. Cause that was so unique, but Brady versus Nick Foles, Brady versus Jake Delhomme, Brady versus these other guys he faced. Like we, that that's never the story really of Brady. Yeah. But I mean, uh, I was like, what was the famous championship? It was 20 to three against Peyton Manning. I mean, that wasn't even a contest most of the, well, in those key years. No, but others were close. 20 to 18 mm-hmm. was a 23, 21. I just don't think those were great aesthetic matchups between Brady and Manning. But they I, were I, legacy defining in a lot of ways. Really? Well, I, I don't even, th- I, it's funny. I don't think of that way. I mean, look at where Peyton, what is second Super Bowl was against the Carolina Panthers because the Panthers had Mike Remmers a right tackle like he barely even did anything at that Super Bowl I I don't see I know it that's as why I think the AFC championship the road to get there at times is more memorable than the Super Bowls listen Brady's got so many of both yeah that even the Super Bowls are memorable the comeback against the Falcons obviously Malcolm Butler at the goal line but like the real rivalry was defined in the conference who did the uh, Chiefs beat last year? The Bengals? I mean, that that should have been a big game, too. But I think the Super Bowl felt like a much bigger game than that one. Oh, not Burrowhead Stadium? The the mayors calling each other out? I it's mean, a brony. <laughs> I mean, Allen and, Ma- and Mahomes just played in a game that was watched by 50 million people. Yeah. Most of any divisional round game of all time. Yeah, I feel like the Eagles... Chiefs just because of the way, maybe because the game was such an all-time classic. The, the Chiefs Bengals was also a good game, but it was a little more defensive oriented. Honestly, I understand what you're saying. The AFC in many years feels like the better matchup, but nobody really remembers those games. Everyone's going to remember the Super Bowl. And this is this should be out to be an amazing Super Bowl because what what's the spread with the the Ravens the Niners is going to be a pick 'em, and I think the Niners will be favored by three over the Chiefs. This is going to be if the Niners get by, it's going to be a an all-timer. It's going to be so hard to predict. I don't know why that would be a pick though. We just saw the Ravens not long ago go into San Francisco and beat them by three touchdowns. That's because Brock Purdy got, drove right down on the first drive and threw the ball into a Ravens defender in the end zone. They, they outgained him by 100 yards. Gain, you, everyone knows the second game is way different than the first game. Uh, you're right. It is a little odd. I admit that. And right now, you can bet right now, uh, Niners minus one and a half on that game. I would jump on that line. It's going to change. EJ, can we update some poll results around here, please? If you're tuning into the live stream, youtube.com slash CBS Sports Radio, twitch.tv slash CBS Sports Radio, I am wearing a loser trucker hat today. I'm in the loser spotlight because I am calling out bandwagon fans like Charles Barkley, who all of a sudden has all this praise to heap all over the Detroit Lions. Where were you? When Dan Campbell went three and thirteen the first year, but now all of a sudden you're you know you're an hour away from the Super Bowl, and now all of a sudden you're a big fan. And I got accused of being a loser for that, so I'll wear the loser hat. I have a man crush on Dan Campbell. He was too busy getting his like LeBron goat takes together <laughs> to be worried about Dan Campbell losing with losing thirteen games. Barkley's a big LeBron goat guy. No, I meant like oh. goat against or whatever. Either oh, time. okay. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> We, Barkley's got an opinion on everything, so right. the man is busy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we ask him a little about everything. Um, we have a poll question up about the Chiefs. Yes. We asked, are the Chiefs annoying? What are the results? So, right now we have 62.9% say yes, the Chiefs are annoying. 37.1% say no. Over almost, he's rounded up 64%. <laughs> 63. 63%. How is Taylor Swift so popular if she's annoying? 
I don't think it's all about Swift. And also, you can find people annoying who are famous. I understand. I don't think her fans think she's annoying. Yeah, the Swifties love her. Yeah, I feel like this has been a lot of exposure for Taylor Swift to new people, and I don't think people are loving what they're seeing. <laughs> I think she's just part of the equation here. I think there's an un, there's an annoying part of the Chiefs because they're just so dang good. So that's where you're like, oh, that's so annoying. They can't be beat. It's like it's impossible for anyone else to, to penetrate this team, except for the Bengals and maybe the Patriots at one time. But anyway, you get what I'm saying. They're just so good, and then they're just – the the celebrity aspect of this is so overexposed and they're begging for it. Like Taylor Swift, why are you keep sitting in the front row doing the swag surf? Like you don't have to be up front. Jason Kelsey, why are you without a shirt drinking 40 beers, jumping in and out of the suite? You don't get enough camera time. You don't get enough airtime. They just seem like they are, they want our attention so bad. I, th- I think you're hitting on it, Maggie. The chiefs aren't cool. They're not. Well, Taylor's Taylor not, Swift's cool. not cool. I think the world started to discover when she was a recording star and all that, there's a little bit of mystery about her, but now the mystery's gone. Everybody's like, wow, this woman's a total nerd. Wait, but how does that make sense? If she's not cool, then why did her tour do record-breaking numbers? People, because- like, people like corny stuff. Also, <laughs> like, I mean, that's like, we for do? real. Like, yeah. My 10-year-old daughter went. There's a huge... Like, 12-year-olds don't like cool things. You, you know, teenagers... I'm not sure there were a lot of 17-year-old hipsters who had to go to the Taylor but Swift concert. That was everyone from your 10-year-old daughter to, to Aaron Rodgers. But no, they got everybody going to that Taylor A lot tour. of kids. A lot of young girls. Okay, but also a lot of adults. Yeah, there were a lot of adults, but I think the, the real driving force, and we, I took them to the movie, too. There's a lot of 10-year-old girls who are at the Taylor Swift stuff. To me, cool is counterculture, and Taylor Swift and Patrick Mahomes, maybe you can make a case Travis Kelsey kind of was before... Taylor, but like the, none of the, none of them are counterculture. They're all very much mainstream, mainstream. Right. and mainstream by design is usually not cool. It's something that once was cool that now no longer is. I mean, you hear Taylor Swift at her songs be like, "Oh, you left me for some cooler indie singer." Like she always talks about, <laughs> she clearly has a major inferiority complex to Lana Del Rey and all those people. She knows she's not cool, right? I mean, that's very evident. I think her brand is corny. Yeah, like, yeah. Think, like, it sells well, right? And it's great. And it's great, and she's great. My girlfriend loves her. Like you know, like she does great numbers, obviously. But, but when we say why is there dislike, I think it's because of that. My thirteen-year-old abhors her. She says she dresses like a mom, and her songs suck. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but your thirteen-year-old is growing up in the middle of New York City. She gets like a lot. I don't know. She's she is exposed she's to a lot of things. She likes counterculture. Like uh, there. And I think that's a general thing. Like, probably when the Beatles were super popular, there was probably a bunch of angry teenagers like, oh, I'm not going to like them. They're too cool. I mean, the the most, right, like, who are the most popular acts? Katy Perry, Taylor Swift. They're not cool, necessarily. See, to me, it's not actually about the music. I think people do respect her music, respect her as an artist, respect her as an entertainer, the hustle, the grind. I think she gets Ooh. a lot of praise for that kind Ooh. of stuff. Where I think it becomes annoying is... It, it just feels really overexposed now with the football stuff. And like you can have and you could have Giselle there with Tom Brady. We've had celebrity girlfriends and wives before. It just feels like this one feels particularly thirsty. I never felt yeah. like Giselle was finding the camera. I thought the camera found her. I feel like Taylor and Jason Kelsey are finding yeah. the camera. Well, well, her brand is who she dates. 
Like, that's a lot of her brand. And she so writes songs she about it, yeah. It's who her right. exes are. Like, she sings about it in her songs. It's where her fans care about the most. Yeah. So, Maybe when you it. say that, we see why that thirst exists. It's because of that. That Like, Giselle's brand isn't who she dates. Her, Giselle's brand is being a model and a right. businesswoman. But, like, Taylor, this is how she sells her business. Right. Being in a relationship. Right. right. Or, also, or having an ex-relationship and talking about it. Just a general rule. You cannot be super, super popular in music and still be a critical darling. Like, the two are the exact opposite. By definition, popularity. Like, you can't. Critics uh, are always. There's a couple people who have crossed that over. But generally. I mean, the all-time greats, Michael Jackson, Prince. I, that's, that's what I was thinking. There are very few, though. I don't think there are a lot of people like that. I mean, yes, but I mean, I think if you like the people who wrote for Rolling Stone magazine probably said, oh, like Beat It and all these songs are kind of corny pop. I, I think that's generally like pop music by definition is a bit corny, I think. See, I think there are there are people who transcend that. I said Michael Jackson, Prince, I would say like Beck, Radiohead, Madonna. I don't know. There's a lot, I think, that are pop and also critical acclaim. Yeah, I think it's I think to be really like Taylor Swift level, you have to appeal to a huge mass of people and you can't you can't be too cutting it. What about Jay Z? Yeah, to me he's someone that maybe crossed that. But like I or wouldn't Beyonce. put I wouldn't put Jay Z in the same category of as, well, Jay Z's a he's a different breed. But like to me, like NWA was as cool as it got. That's like they were counterculture. In your face, cutting edge counterculture. Right. Jay Z is very corporate. Right. Even right. if you love him. And he's, right, a, probably, he's one of the coolest guys in the world. Probably but, when NWA came out, probably the number one song that year was Rick Astley or something. Right. I mean, just, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, the popular songs are... <laughs> sorry, Polite, I got your attention. Like, you know, more, more lighter fare often becomes the number one song. That's bubblegum pop. Listen, for whatever reason, whether you're diving into it like we are or you're just casually voting on our poll, 63% of people believe the Chiefs are annoying. On our poll, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. What do you think? We want to hear from you. Also, we're going to make some picks coming up in just a moment. Don't move. Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. Wow. this football music? Yes, it is. That actual NFL films music? Yes, it is. Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. That is the kind of mood we are in. We are ready for championship weekend. Uh, this, you know, unfortunately, we're not going to have a snow game, and it's not. It might not look great, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of slow mo Raiders, Dolphins, seventies football, tough guys. Uh, but I got to tell you, I'm super nervous about my picks for this one. <laughs> Don't you feel like okay. tough you know, guys? Yeah. But I'm a little nervous about my picks. Uh, we look at the spreads of this game. If I was going to set a spread for both of these games, I would say. Baltimore minus four and San Francisco minus seven and a half. This is going to be very, very hard weekend to predict. What aspect of the game? I'm sorry. I'm not sure what we're supposed to do here, but what aspect of the game are you most looking forward to here as you go into this championship weekend? The quarterback battle for the AFC for me is everything. Uh, I don't know how the game's going to play out, but this is special stuff. I, I, I get it. And I don't have, you know, when when Mahomes plays Allen, there's always a little extra on it because I've been this diehard Bills fan my whole life. And this one, I can just appreciate. Um, and I think we all should because it's rare. And, like, that whole line from The Office, how do you know, you wish you knew you were in the good old days while you were in the good old days? Like, these are the types of things, like, we got to pay attention to this because you get two MVPs going at it. This is the cool stuff we get in the NFL. And then for the NFC side, I mean, I'm just so interested 
in whether or not the Lions can actually pull off this story. And I'm so interested in Brock Purdy. Like, I thought Brock was so good on that final drive against the Green Bay Packers in the driving rain that he really shut up a lot of people like me who had been critical of whether or not he's the MVP. Can he come out and have this all-time great game because that middle of the field and deep shots are going to be open for him? Love it. I totally agree. But the one thing, you know what I'm most, I don't see this as Lamar versus Mahomes at all. This is Steve Spagnuolo versus Lamar Jackson. Mm. Just tell me, if you're the Chiefs, you can't rush Lamar because if you ran, run by him, he gets by you. Uh, do you spy him? Do you blitz? What do you do? To me, that is a number one battle of this entire game because how you saw last week, Lamar, if he, if he gets that lane, he's gone. So to me, that is a number one battle. I still don't see the Mahomes versus Lamar thing. First of all, is this the first time they played in the playoffs? Obviously, every year we have. Last year it was Hertz versus Mahomes, and this year it's Lamar versus Mahomes, and next year it'll be Mahomes versus Burrow. The one constant is Mahomes. I just don't see this as a rivalry. I can't put my head around it yet. Uh, obviously, because it hasn't even started yet. Why am I not not getting this? I I, I can't make you see it. If you're not seeing the magic here, I don't know what I can do for Mahomes you. Mahomes is going to be the constant. The The interesting part of this game is Lamar Jackson finally taking himself to the next level. This feels like a Lamar coronation year to me. It doesn't feel like it's a Lamar versus Mahomes thing. This is, he's the story. Mahomes is a constant to me. Uh, the whole game hinges on how they cover this guy. There's going to be a, another, you're right about that. I agree with you. I think this is this is a moment for Lamar to really step into like, quite frankly, just a different weight class. Yeah, the MVPs are one thing. The whole, like, can you get to the Super Bowl is a totally different and do it through the Chiefs. I think we are underestimating, and now I'm just going to jump ahead a little bit, but another Mahomes win, another Mahomes mm. Super Bowl appearance, and if he wins another one and gets three in five years, yeah. I mean, he's on the Brady track. And he's younger than Brady. He, would, he'll, he will be younger than Brady when Brady got his third. And... You have Andy Reid. What would slow them down? Travis Kelsey retire? I mean, Tyree Kill just got, they traded him away and they won a Super Bowl the next year. I don't think the pieces around, um, not to denigrate Kelsey, Yeah, I just don't think it's uh, that's the big hindrance. And now we're talking about Mahomes nipping at Brady's heels. That's that We're on a different level now. Well, a couple things. Andy Reid could retire. But also the way Brady did it, he had two gigantic runs one 10 years after the so i patrick mahomes could win his third this year is he gonna is he gonna have another run 10 years is he gonna be winning super bowls 10 12 years from now? his style is a lot more physical than brady i mean he was limping around last year's super bowl he was injured uh the year that they lost to the bucks he was injured in that playoffs i don't know do you really feel like he's gonna play to 45 it doesn't strike me as that kind of quarterback well, if he, again if he's on this pace he might not need to uh, that's the thing. If he keeps going, he might not have the nine-year break in the middle that Brady had where he went to two Super Bowls but didn't win them. Maybe you're, this is a different level of stuff. And again, he's got to win this game and he's got to get there. But now we're starting to talk about him with Brady, which I didn't think we were going to get so soon. Yeah, I mean, I, even next year, I was looking at Jim Arbaugh taking the charges. I'm like, oh, the Chiefs are clearly going to fade next year. Travis Kelsey's going to go away. They are one-man defense with Chris Jones. Are they going to pay him? It feels like they're having trouble. They don't feel dominant to me. I don't feel like they're about to go on a five-year run. I feel like it could go the opposite way. Well, the other part is the AFC West just got a new coach in their 
mix with Jim Harbaugh. So Sean Payton last year going to Denver, Jim Harbaugh this year, Antonio Pierce gets the top job. So maybe things would get a little more difficult in the AFC West. And speaking of that, coaches who've gotten hired pro off, let's leave Jim Harbaugh to the side because he's already accomplished quite a bit in the NFL as a coach going to the Super Bowl. But if I gave you Dave Canales, who just got hired by the Panthers, if I gave you Antonio Pierce getting the top job in Vegas, if I gave you Gerard Mayo with the Patriots, and I gave you Raheem Morris with the Falcons, of those new-ish coaches, who do you think has the best shot to turn things around the fastest? I actually am going to go against the grain with Gerard Mayo here. As bad as the Patriots were, they get to draft a quarterback, they're number three. Mock drafts have them taking either... um, our guy Drake May or Jaden Daniels. So you get a quarterback immediately uh, on a rookie deal, and they're going to burn money, according to Jeremiah. Jer- <laughs> and He's also, out there talking about free. So agents. at least of all, all four of these teams, the one unit that's probably best amongst all of them is the Patriots defense, and you know that's going to have continuity. So you have a good defense and a young offense. And listen, Miami Jets, Bills, are those teams heading in the right direction? I, I think the Patriots are going to be back under this guy. I know it's hard to follow legend. But I'm on Team Gerard Mayo. Wow. Mine, if I'm talking about new coaches who are getting, you know, who, who are stepping into new spots, who has the the chance to turn it around the quickest? Let's leave Jim Harbaugh out of this for a second. Mine's going to be Raheem Morris. Uh, he's already been a head coach in the league. So he has experience. And he was an interim coach with the Falcons where he coached them for 11 games after Dan Quinn got fired. So not only does he know what it's like to be in the big chair, he knows all the quirks and the eccentricities of this particular outfit, of this particular team, clearly can get along with Rich McKay, who's the president of the team, essentially. Right. I think the there's the least amount of implode potential here because he knows exactly what he's walking into. You know, Brian Callahan with the Tennessee Titans, does he know exactly what he's walking into? I don't know. Does, you know, Antonio Pierce, once you really get going with Mark Davis, what is this really like? There's an implode factor that I think exists with some of these other hires, let alone Dave Tepper. Um, I know. I obviously neither of us go in the Panthers where they are right now. But why would you? Part two. Sorry, one more thing about why I think Raheem Morris is going to turn around. It looks like he's going to bring Zach Robinson, the quarterback coach and passing game coordinator from the Rams. Everyone wants this McVay offense. Raheem Morris was the defense coordinator with the Rams. He's now going to bring a McVay acolyte with him for whatever quarterback they end up getting. Why would you want continuity with the Atlanta Falcons? They've—I look at their numbers here. They've won seven games in five of their last six seasons. That's an incredible continuity. What makes you think that they're not going to be the same Atlanta Falcons that we've gotten known, where they're just going to be fighting at seven and ten, eight and nine, nine and eight? I just don't see the upside. I can't. I know they keep on drafting skill position high, uh, players very high, but that's never panned out. Nothing they've done has panned out since the Matt Ryan, Kyle Shanahan days. I I don't see how they get out of this rut with a hire like that. They need to, if anything, they need to rip the Band-Aid and start all over again. Let's go to the phones, 855-212-4CBS. Dave's in Arkansas wants to talk about the coaching matchup we're going to see this weekend. Hey, Dave, how are you? Yeah, hey, good morning, Maggie and Perloff and EJ. Hey, uh, you got you actually just jumped in on what I was going to say. I think that it's going to be the end of the uh, Reed Super Bowl experiment with Mahomes. I think that La- Lamar, I think John Harbaugh is a better coach than Reed. I think what you're going to have is what uh, Perloff said earlier. I believe you have Lamar throw the ball under 21 times. You stop Pacheco. You, you control the clock. 
that's the way you beat them. And then I think that uh, uh, I think you take Detroit and take the points. I don't know that Shanahan is is just maybe a, another version of Andy Reid that maybe he might flame out and never get a Super Bowl. But but the thing is, if you guys want to rate, take away all the Super Bowls, what are your what are your ratings of the coaches right now from first to fourth? That would be my question. Okay, so four coaches remaining. How do we do them one to four? Ooh, oh, so I tough. Love it. Oh, man, if you take the Super Bowls away, too. He it's said, hard to do. what do you mean if you take it? I don't totally understand. Well, how you do Andy Reid has two, John Harbaugh has one, Kyle has zero. Okay. I think he means like basically like forget about like history, like what, like this today, year or this today. Weekend. Exactly. Right, right. This weekend, who do you want? I'll tell you, I'm going to say. I'm going to start with Dan Campbell at four because he's made some bad decisions over the last... Going for two from the seven-yard line haunted me. Oh, come on. I love the aggressiveness. Not of that particular four, that play, was, but. Well, I hope he doesn't replicate that. Uh, I'm going to go with... So you're going backwards. I'm going backwards. I'm actually going to go... Wow. I'm going to go Kyle Shanahan three because he has similar game management problems. Then I'm going to go John Harbaugh two and Andy Reid one. And the reason I put Andy Reid one is because he's the best game planner of these four in game. All bets are off, but he's <laughs> the best game planner uh, of these four. Yeah. I think I'm going to have to go Harbaugh Reed. Uh, I, I mean, Shanahan's game management is just, it's not great, but I'll, I'll do Shanahan and then Campbell. I feel weird putting Dan Campbell last. I, I like what he's about. I mean, the never met a fourth down. He didn't like, you want to win. You want to change things up with the Lions. You want to not be losers anymore. A lot of this is, you, know, you got to take a couple swings. And and the guys all know it's coming, right? Like, he's never surprising anybody. Like, oh, my gosh, we're going for it here. It's, it's like, ingrained into who they are. Yeah, I just think there's been the last uh, several weeks, there's been some late-game stuff. You know, I think, of, did he handle the Dallas game well? I know there was a bad officiating call, but I don't think he was really on top of that one at all. So honestly, <laughs> Mike uh, McCarthy and he got yeah. uh, all the game management, you could be a great coach and screw this up. Everyone's going to screw up something, but game plan wise, these are really, I mean, Shanahan and Reed, their offenses are crazy good. Harbaugh just seems to have the experience. So I, let's say it's a lack of experience that that's not as insulting to Dan Campbell. I mean, I love that man. I'm on that bandwagon. Yeah. A lot of How dare you insult Charles Barkley's favorite NFL coach. Andrew Bogish is here. Hey, Andrew. Guys, hello. Uh, the Lions will not have to deal with the rain in Santa Clara like <laughs> the Packers did last weekend. But as we've been discussing this morning, just being outdoors is sometimes an issue for Jared Goff. And what about those loud Niners fans? Man, how important is a 12th man going to be on Sunday? What's that? The 12th man. How important is a 12th man going to be on Sunday? We don't call him the 12th man here. Um, but but our crowd's very important our crowd is our crowd i think is the best in football they travel extremely well they don't have to travel this week i hear the lions fans travel pretty well um i mean we love having a home field advantage uh that's kyle shanahan saying no thanks to a 12th man reference yeah. that's a seahawk thing. i mean that's kind of a niche niche on the reporter's part right one thing i love about kyle shanahan is he really embraces rivalries. Like I think that part of the reason why he shut that down too was because like division rival, I'm not even gonna play nice here. Like, no, we're not doing that. Yeah. And he hates the Cowboys more than maybe most of America, which is crazy. The way he talks <laughs> about the Cowboys and saying, Oh, those guys, I was preparing for the Packers at halftime. Like I, I love this about Kyle Shannon. He's a true OG when it comes to that. I think that was a lot about I also read that was 
a lot about Texas A&M because that runs pretty deep too. Yeah. And you forget that why Kyle Shanahan and, and Chris Sims were at Texas together. That always is weird to me. Doing what? Shanahan was receiver. Sims was quarterback. Playing football. I had no idea. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's why when you hear something come from Chris Sims about Kyle Shanahan. It's coming from Kyle Shanahan. (laughs) It's coming from Kyle Shanahan. I gotcha. Uh, Only the Seahawks and Commanders need a head coach still. Yesterday, the Panthers, as you just discussed, they went with Bucks OC Dave Canales. The Falcons chose Rams DC Raheem Morris. Mike Tomlin, meanwhile, needs an offensive coordinator in Pittsburgh. They're reportedly interviewing Houston QB coach Gerard Johnson for that job today. The Nuggets, not supposed to lose like this to anybody, even the immortal Knicks. Josh Hart for Ananobi. Left side behind the three-point line. Ananobi cuts to the foul line. Jumper banks it in. Did he call it? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. At home, you ain't got to call it, John. Those are the rules. (laughs) That's Monica McNutt and John Giannone, Knicks Radio. You can have a good time when the team's on its way to a 122-84 Denver destruction. Biggest loss of this season for the Nuggets. OG Ananobi scored 26. The Knicks have now won five straight, 11 of their last 13. There was some good news last night for Denver. Nikola Jokic, an all-star starter alongside LeBron, Luka, KD, and Shea Gilgis-Alexander. It's Giannis, Damian Lillard, Joel Embiid, Jason Tatum, and Tyrese Halliburton in the East. LeBron, the first person picked for 20 NBA All-Star games. A top 10 battle in women's college hoops last night. Top ranked South Carolina, a 76-70 win at number 9 LSU. Dawn Staley's team surviving a hostile environment in Baton Rouge. Obviously a crazy crowd. I know they weren't very friendly to you, but I just wondered what has it been like to watch women's sports? They actually were. They were calling me boo. (laughs) (laughs) Well then. (laughs) See what you did there, guys? You got that? They were calling me boo. That is like, is there mom jokes? There's dad (laughs) jokes. That was kind of like a mom joke. I think there should should be. (laughs) That that was an all-time dad joke from her. It was. It was good, though. Pretty good. Made you think. Yeah, I didn't mind it. It reminds me a little bit of The Simpsons, where they're booing Mr. Burns. No, they weren't saying boo. They were saying (laughs) booer. Well, this is I, you hitting on Pete again with us, Mr. Right. Burns. Uh, That's right. This is this is me winking at everybody. Uh, <laughs> Novak Djokovic denied an 11th Australian Open title in a 25th major, losing his semifinal in four sets to Yannick Sinner. He's now beaten Djokovic in three of their last four meetings. Daniil Medvedev won the other semi in five sets over Alexander Zverev. Jurgen Klopp will step down as Liverpool manager after this season. His oh. nine years so far. Include an EPL title and a Champions League crown. Klopp says he is simply running out of energy. The Arizona Diamond. That's kind of fitting for someone whose last name is like Klopp. It kind of <laughs> sounds like you're running out of energy. You know, to, Mom joke alert. To bring, to bring this, <laughs> All right, never mind. <laughs> no, I like Let me it. get the salad dressing out of my purse. <laughs> to, to bring this into the show, Andrew Kaplan, Jurgen Klopp, separated at birth. You put on a Liverpool hat on Kaplan's head. And they are very, very similar. Oh, really? How can yes. we use this to our advantage? Um, he's, the, he's the wizard. I mean, I mean, he would be the person to make yeah. the picture. I don't know if he's willing to do <laughs> himself. Yeah, he's usually too busy making fun of us. Right. I'm not. I'm Wait, not seeing what? it. You don't see it. Not seeing it. And oh, I, I, I see love. It. I love lookalikes. I'm trying. How about we walk around the city and say he's uh, say he is the coach and <laughs> you, you <clap>. and what, <laughs> what do you what kind of response do you think that's going to get? Who? Wait, you think this looks like Kaplan? Yeah, I, I, think if, I think if you put Kaplan, a hat on Kaplan, I think they look similar. Okay. Yeah. 
I'm just going to ask this politely mm, and with a lot of and Go with ahead, full loser. respect. Yeah. <laughs> When's the last time you changed the prescription on your glasses? You know what? Fair question. <laughs> Within the last two weeks. Oh, okay. Oh. Uh-oh. Yeah. I'm <laughs> no, giving you an out there. I'm going to stand by this. I also have a question, too. Maggie, where's your hat? Oh, I'm sorry. Thanks, Pete. Can I wear uh, it backwards this time? I'm wearing the loser trucker hat today because uh, apparently be no. I'm a loser. I feel like if you mix Andrew Kla- uh, Kaplan with a generic mid, uh, what are those movie bad guys from Russia? Because Klaus, he has this sort of Russian look or something, this sort definitely of European bond, look. Definitely a Bond villain. He looks type. like a Bond villain. Yeah. Also be a Batman goon. Are you Honestly, saying Cap's I, not dangerous? I can get Cap as a Bond villain a little bit, but just like the guy who's on the computer who's like breaking into the... Crime. Breaking the codes. Right. As a hacker. Yeah. As the card. Dark everything. room, a million screens, all those codes yes. going across them. Just like f- f- numbers flying yeah. by. It's like bank accounts and just bl- blockchain yeah. and Bitcoin or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Klopp's got this uh, square jaw and this intense look. That's not Kaplan, <laughs> is it? <laughs> I, I think it is. I also could see Kaplan. Now we got to put his face up somewhere. Kaplan, can you put your face up on the screen for everybody? Um, please. Kaplan to me looks like a card counter. Like, you walk into a casino, they got eyes on Kaplan. Okay. So he's loaded. He's loaded. Yeah, I think so. He's just doing this for fun. (laughs) It's a side hustle. Yeah. The Arizona Diamondbacks are signing veteran outfielder Jock Peterson. The Rangers adding veteran righty David Robertson to their bullpen. And the Edmonton Oilers now on a 15-game win streak. 3-0 over Chicago. They are the fifth team to have such a long streak. They are two wins shy of the all-time mark. Guys, wow, back to you. that's pretty impressive. Thank you, Andrew Bogish. Coming up, we've got picks to make. We'll do it Maggie and Perloff style next. Don't move. Maggie and Perloff's NFL Picks. All right, we're getting down here. Nitty-gritty. How about this for records? Perloff 31-29. and 29. I'm 29-31. and 31. This is going to be a photo finish, hopefully, if I have anything to say about it. Oh, yeah. It's I mean, this, this is real close here. Um, this is a tough week. I like both these spreads. Honestly, ah, well, you know what? Who goes first? I'm, I'm leaning, so I go first. Well, let me explain again how we do it, yeah. just in case you're new to the show. Three picks, one over, under, one against the spread, one player prop. That's how we do things around here. So if you would like the floor, you can have. Okay, I'm going to start. I'm going to take Lamar Jackson, the Baltimore Ravens, minus four. I wish it was three. (laughs) (laughs) Really wish it was three. Uh, The Ravens, their general trend is to start out hot and then let teams come and backdoor cover, or they just blow out the good teams. I just think it's their year. I also love this stat about teams that beat Josh Allen tend to lose the next game in the playoffs. Go Ravens. Who do you got? I'm going to go right against you. Give me four points with Patrick Mahomes, even if it's on the road. I mean, how can I... How can I deny that? Yes. Uh, listen, I totally understand. Okay, for my total, again, I wish it was a little lower, but 51 and a half, San Francisco, Detroit. This is a fan in me. I just want to sit there, get my popcorn, and watch these teams just hopefully go up and down the field. Here's my out on this. I'm hoping that Detroit was going to go, go. If they go behind, they're going to be at their own 12-yard line late in the game and go for it. Okay. And San Francisco not make it. San Francisco would have no choice but to score a touchdown there. And go over to 52. It's going to be 28-24 San Francisco. I'm going to hit the over. Okay, wow. And I like what the the final score hitting it on the head. Uh, for <laughs> I hope me, so. Okay, I understand 
intuitively, you have two of the top defenses in the league facing each other in Kansas City and Baltimore. Unlike you, I do think the quarterbacks are going to be a big part of this. Or you think this is not going to be a big Lamar Jackson game. I don't want to put words in your mouth. Through the air. I think he'll, well, maybe. We'll see. I, I have trouble thinking with these two all-time great quarterbacks. We're not going to get points in this game. Seriously, 44 and a half. I'm going to take the over on this one. Eat Mahomes and with uh, Lamar Jackson. I know that Mahomes doesn't have these all-time great weapons. He still does have Kelsey. He still has Pacheco. They can move the ball. MVS made two big catches last week. Maybe he comes up with two this week. I don't know, but I have a hard time believing that game's going to go under. So give me the 44 and a half. I'll take the over. Casey Bull. Okay. Uh, I for my one that. prop, I'm going to go directly against you again. So we've watched Casey the last couple of weeks. Who is the one player, and it's not Travis Kelsey, who you're most worried about as a weapon? Pacheco. Oh, I say Rushy Rice. Oh, Rushy Rice. Okay. Who's yes. been unbelievable? Baltimore knows this. They're actually there's all these stats. They're great at shutting down number one wide receivers. Marlon Humphrey might play. I'm going to go on the under on Rushy Rice completion. Uh, sorry, reception six and a half. Which sucks because I love Rice. He's one of my favorite players. <laughs> yeah. But I, I just can't see this as a shootout. Both teams are going to try and control the ball. So that's my bet on a, a ball control game under six and a half receptions where she Rice. Okay, very good. Um, well, I picked the spread in the AFC. I picked the over-under in the AFC. I would like to have an NFC championship bet here. Love spread it. Spread things around a little bit. Been a little harsh on Brock Purdy. You know that? Not because I don't think he's good, because I didn't think he was the MVP. But I'm going to throw my weight behind Brock Purdy in this game. And I'm going to go over 279 and a half passing yards. I think this is a Purdy game more than it's going to be a McCaffrey yep. game. And so the passes, I think, are going to be there for Brock. And if they are, and if he doesn't get rattled, I think he could have a big game through the air. So over 279 and a half for Brock Purdy. Love it. I love it. I'm actually... Even though we're going against each other, I am allowed to put a little money on that bet as well, <laughs> per your advice. Uh, and I really like that one. Yeah, yeah 279. I, you know, he's had some big passing games. Uh, I say Detroit gets ahead, and then San Francisco's got to throw it late. There are a lot of outs on that prop bet, which I like. There we go. So that's your three bets each, Maggie and Perloff style. Can we do our alternate bets that we almost did? Yeah, sure. You're also yeah, yeah. receiving votes. You're also I, receiving money. I also receive votes. Seven and a half is way too much of this game. I think the I Lions are going to take it so bad. I want to take it so bad, but we already committed to the other one. Yeah. George Kittle game. I feel like a big George Kittle game, and I always feel that way. Big George Kittle game, big Brandon Ayuk game. It's- yeah, Ayuk is uh, is great. On the other side of the ball, Gus Edwards, yeah. uh, he's actually he went up from 39 to 45. Feels like he's going to have some success here in this game. Uh, yeah. What did the Lamar rushing prop end at? 65 and a half. It's right about it's pretty he's, right. He's By gonna way. blow through. By the way, the Mahomes rushing. Did you look at the Mahomes no, rushing prop? Twenty six and a half. You know it's getting a lot of money. That. Uh Lamar Jackson passing at two oh nine. The over is getting killed by the the sharps I read. So yeah, that'll be so interesting. God, this is gonna be so fun. <laughs> I, I don't care if we get it. This is gonna be enjoyable. Let's promise, even though you're wearing a loser hat. Yeah. We are going to thoroughly enjoy this weekend. <laughs> well, I enjoy it as much as Charles Barkley enjoys Dan Campbell. Impossible. I have fell in love with the Detroit Lions. <laughs> the Bills are gone. I have a man crush on Dan Campbell. <laughs> the Bills are gone. The Eagles are gone. We're going to be like Rob Lowe and just love the <laughs> NFL. This is, uh, I don't know. This is going to be so super fun. 
We're probably wrong about everything. I can't wait to see <laughs> how this plays out. It's going to be so fun. Uh, thank you, DJ Stewart. Thank you to Pete Pilati, Andrew Kaplish, Kaplan, Andrew Bogish. I just mixed their last names together. It's time for me to go. Widows, coffee drinkers, callers, enjoy championship weekend. We'll see you Monday. Here's Tony.